Are you still with that back pool? No. <gasps> uh, no. I can still do it like a handspring. I've done it. I did a tuck like earlier this year, but I, haven't, I don't do it all the time. Mm, so like, I can still get her. Yeah. See, that round yeah, that's what you used to be the tumbling at the the pep fest. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember if you were a dancer or a tumbler, but it was, it was like both. It was, was just you were just like, throwing your body through there. Welcome back to another episode of the Butterfly Effect Podcast. Today I am joined by my friend Devin. We went to Maple Grove Senior High together, go Crimson! (laughs) And today we are starting our, well it's going to be like the first episode of a series I want to get going on this podcast about like kind of like a book club because um I haven't really shared this part about my journey before but I really enjoy self-help books books that help you connect to yourself and just learn more about yourself that's kind of why I like astrology you've heard me say that um so I really am into reading these books and Devin put me on to a book called The Power of Now um and it's really interesting so far it really makes you think and honestly it's gonna kind of mess me up for a while so (laughs) Let me just say, like, the point of the book is to stop thinking. I feel like there's, like, a gradual period where you overanalyze and overthink Ooh. the book, and then it sets in. We're going to get into Yeah, that. we're going to get into it. But before we get started, Devin, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so we can all get introduced and cozy. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about how to introduce myself. I still <laughs> feel good about this when you tell me what you think, you know. I'm Devin Spencer, uh, son of the earth, child Ooh, of the universe. Okay, you know rhymes a little bit. <laughs> um, and really, I, 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 you know, like from a very young age, I've always been a curious person. Mm-hmm. Um, but Aquarius. I am also a very sensitive person, like underneath the surface. Like I don't like showing it, but I actually am. And um, like the combination of curiosity and sensitivity has really brought me face to face. You know. With my fair share of pain and um, what I typically lean on when I'm feeling hurt because like really easy for me to get hurt is spirituality because mm-hmm. um, it really does help me through those challenging moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, whew, life, life be life in life. Life be like, bro, it's like that. It is. <laughs> life be throwing curveballs. When you're like, you really, there's nothing else you can handle. It hits you one more time. Oh, man. Oh, man. That is so true. That is so true. So, for me, um, spirituality has really equipped me with the tools to be able to, you know, kind of channel my pain and my negative emotions into mm. positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, keep my inner space clean so I can, you know, unfold in the world like you know i'm supposed to and and walk the path that the the higher powers want me to walk um so with that you know um going through everything i was going through as a teenager you know i used to suffer from like anxiety Mm -hmm. and things like that and luckily um i was just going through this moment i don't remember exactly what it was but uh i just i was i think i was on amazon i was scrolling 
for help. I was like, yo, I need something. On Amazon. Yeah. You said if any company can help, it's Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> they got everything. Yeah, yeah. Butterfly effect. Get that sponsor. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Just a small million dollar loan. Yeah, we need that free private account. Please. <laughs> Honestly, even that. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, so I'm scrolling. I found the power. Now, you know, I read the little synapses and I'm like, yeah, that's it. Um, and it really has been it. As far as um, helping me really develop my relationship with the spiritual. Um, So a lot of the topics that we'll be discussing today is from the power of now. Um, And, you know, the tools that I use from the book, you know, and my personal experience and how, you know, I kind of utilize them. Um, So anyway, let me give Eckhart Tolle his, I think that's how you say his name. My fault, dog. Eckhart, yeah. Yeah. Is it Tolle or is it Tully? I feel like toll. Yo, yeah, bro. If you hear this, yes, you know, sir. This, yeah. <laughs> also sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, anyway, I always recommend the book. You know, to anybody who's trying to you know feel better from the inside out. Um, yeah. Before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about like because being spiritual looks like so many different things for so many different people. I got you. So for, I think it would make sense to start with like what being spiritual looks like for you and then for me, cause I'm sure it's different for both of us. Yeah. You want me to go first? Yeah, you, you go first. All right, all right. So, um, for me, you know, the spiritual journey is really the quest for enlightenment. You know, mm-hmm. I really want my, you know, my primary state of being to be one of, you know, like peace, love, joy, right. like a state of connectedness. Um, and <clears throat> You know, the, the Buddha's simple definition of uh, enlightenment is the end of suffering. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, I got a question for the audience, for you, Liana, also. Yes. I mean, do you want to suffer? Definitely not. Definitely All not. Right. So, that means you are also on the quest for enlightenment. You I sure suffer, am. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> exactly. So, that is what spirituality has been for me. How can I take those steps to make that my primary state? To where mm-hmm. I'm not feeling these negative emotions, mm-hmm. where I don't feel anxiety or depression, yes, um, where my mental state is clear and I can use my mind instead of it using me. You Ooh, I mean? don't we all want to feel no, that? No, <laughs> no. And if you answer yes to suffering, you y'all got some, some freaks. Just <laughs> but even with that, you still you still can walk this path and even solve those issues. You yep. know what I'm saying? So. That is um, what, you know, spirituality has been for me, that quest. Do you fall under any specific religions like Christianity or do you follow <clears throat> any other religions? So, um, you know, I started with Christianity because that was the closest thing to home with, you know, my mom. Like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like like in high school, well, obviously I was a very curious person. So I was asking all types of questions that my parents couldn't answer. Like the Bible <laughs> would be like... You know, the Bible got a lot of, a lot of, um, how can I say this? I don't think it's something you should take literally. I think it's very symbolic and you need to use the metaphors and apply them to your life. But if you take it literally, there's some division in divisive material just because that's the nature of humans. You know, we interpret these things and within us, we have our own biases and things like that. So I started with Christianity, then I broke off into the power of now, and then I got into the Tao Te Ching. And then I got into oh. the Gita. 
Um, so, I mean, I'm like kind of all over the place as far as... That's so cool. I didn't even know some of those existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's cool. Hey, hey, man, I'm telling you. All of those is heavy hitters. I think he mentions all of those in the books. I'm about to get introduced. Um, so, yeah, as far as spirituality, I, I'm all over the board. I really think all paths, you know, to God, to the higher being mm-hmm. are really one path. And what, says, you, yeah. what you need to, I guess, be weary of is whichever path you take, is it leading you in the right direction? Like, don't get caught up in, like, I'm a Christian or the titles. The mm-hmm. titles don't really mean anything. They're just putting right, you right. in the right direction. Right. So are you walking the right direction or are you not walking mm-hmm. the right direction? Um, and so, yeah, that's that's been what spirituality has been for me. That's cool. Yeah, I had a similar journey. My parents were are are still both Christians like my dad would go to church every Sunday and like when I'd stay with him I'd go to church with him and like I remember at an early age I was developing this like relationship with church or associating it with something I didn't want to do like it was a chore like it was something I had to wake up and be forced to do so I feel like my connection to Christianity like already kind of had a like a wedge in it almost. I yeah. I so and it just never felt like something I wanted to do. It felt forced upon me and it's yeah. not that I didn't agree with the messaging. Like once I was there, I would listen, I would, you know, take in what I'm hearing, but like it just didn't feel right. And then as I got older and I started hearing how people would and not all Christians. There's a lot. Majority of Christians are really great people. There's the ones that like you said take it so literally what the Bible say and use it as a reason to divide people and to punish people and to make others feel like they're not loved that's the stuff i started to question because fairness and justice and like peace for everyone love for everyone that's really big and important to me so Mm -hmm. like when i started to see that a religion that i was supposed to be following um was doing that to people it, it started to contradict itself and i started to like question things but i felt guilty about questioning it too right, right. because my i was like i don't want to be like i'm not like a devil worshiper you know like i'm not like yeah, i just yeah, don't yeah. this doesn't feel right and it um i believe there's a god i believe there's a higher power but i don't necessarily know if christianity is my version of your path right? yeah my path and so it was hard for me to like come to terms with that or even question it because I was afraid like if I question it what does that mean you know and then I didn't want to let my family like my parents down I would no one ever told me that I had to be Christian it just was like a thing that was put on me and it was assumed I was uh and then like it happened in 2020 I remember I was quarantined and I actually ordered a bible like a bible to work through and like actually read and like do all like they um process all this like the stories like like i tried to do and then i and i got it i got it from amazon (laughs) and i was like this i don't want to i don't want to read this yeah like i was like this feels like i'm forcing myself to do and so i sent it back and that's when i'm like i don't think this is where my that what aligns with me anymore so i started doing more research and i realized i'm spiritual hold on let me stop you yeah so you were responsible enough to send the package back yeah I actually <laughs> that's well great. that book was like 30 bucks <laughs> and i was like i was not about to just Source side, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> i wasn't about to keep this book anyways not so. gonna lie i don't have the discipline to send packages back, so. <laughs> well i do if it was 30 dollars <laughs> on a Heavy book I'm not about to read. Nah, that's what's up. I like that. That's that's good. Good money management. And mm-hmm. that can be another episode. In For real, it needs to be because I need to take a course on it some more. But So yeah, that's when I was like, yeah, I don't think this is actually 
the path and the journey that is for me. And I have no disrespect to anyone who follows it. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it's great that we have the freedom to choose and that we have the ability, the different things to explore. And I think everyone should explore it. I just, and like I said, I believe there's a God. I just don't know how it all works. And that's yeah. what I'm questioning. I'm trying to figure out to be quite honest, but like things like astrology, I know I always ooh, get some hate ooh, for it, ooh. but that stuff makes sense to me. And that like, I think that gives that purpose aligns more with, I guess, my mindset. I, I I'm not know. gonna lie, like I've been, I like I said, I've been studying astrology since mm-hmm. man, I, back I before mean, it was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So nah, as far as astrology, we see eye to eye on that, mm-hmm. um, and we can definitely dive into that. So thank you for sharing your spiritual experience. Yes, thank um, you. I think. As far as ending suffering, you know, making that enlightenment a true experience, that's something you feel, you know, that joy, that peace. Let's talk about how we walk that path. Yes. All right. All right. So for me, you know, in my like experience, what is at the pinnacle of spirituality in your like advancement in it is your attention. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Right. So. People be like, what? What's like, you don't really even think about it. What is attention? So in many ways, what and how you give your attention to really does shape your your life and how you experience the world around you. Mm -hmm. It really does. Um, So with that, I always encourage my friends and anybody I'm talking to to really do uh, what I call a attention inventory, where you basically... Like, give some awareness to what you're giving your attention to on a daily day basis, uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, So, audience, you think about that. Liana, I think you shared, but I want to hear it again. What do you give most of your attention to? Well, I answered it wrong the first time, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> I was, I, I gave him like a bunch of things like cheer, work, uh, what I'm eating, la da da. And then he was like, no. And I was like, what do you mean? Nah. That's, I, how are you going to tell me that's not what I'm nah. giving my attention exactly. to? <laughs> Most people will be like, yeah, my kids, uh, my career. Um, bills. Bills. Man, you know, that test I got on Friday. Or that relationship I was in. Right, that situation ship. Man, my heart still hurt. Um, <laughs> but really, the first category on everybody's list, and they don't even realize it, is thinking. Like your actual thoughts. You know, the voice that you hear in your head. Virtually everybody hears this voice, um, you know, and it's constantly comparing, complaining, judging, speculating, and just filling your head with garbage. Like stuff like, I mean, have you ever like been washing the dishes and all of a sudden, you think about that relationship. Oh yeah, three years. Oh ago my gosh, yeah. yeah. And it's like not relevant at all. At all. But it's draining your energy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hyper focus. Mm. Yep. Mm. So, <clears throat> what I'm getting at here is, if you give, you know, a hundred percent or the bulk of your attention to your thoughts, um, unconsciously, in a lot of ways, you become those thoughts, and thinking really does become compulsive. Um, and you don't, at that point, know how to stop thinking. Like, if you could turn your mind off, you would do that, right? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Off. What we want to learn is how to stop this mental noise whenever we want to. Um, so, Liana, audience, how many times in your personal experience has, you know, that voice in your head either attacks you or attacks someone you know? 
Oh, um, unfortunately, more often than I would like to admit, like every morning, like I'll wake up and I'll pick something out in the mirror that I don't like about myself. Like, and that's the, like one of the first things I do when I wake up. How sad is that? It's very sad. Negative. I know. And I, I know it. And I'm like, and I catch myself doing it and I, then I'll say something else to counteract it. But like, why is that the first thought? Man. And you know, um, I'm gonna get into this a little later, but when you have those thoughts, what they do is they produce a certain emotion. If you all of a sudden you say you see something that's an imperfection in yourself in the mirror, the the feeling that it produces is not being good enough. Yep. And that produces insecurity. Mm-hmm. And now you go through your day feeling insecure. Every, yeah. You see what I'm saying? And like for the longest time I would like think that insecurity that everyone's looking at it, everyone's thinking of the same thing that, you know, I told myself that morning. When in reality, they're thinking about themselves. Like, right. every, like that is such a narcissistic way of thinking. And I had to really check myself. Like, somebody told me that once, like, a few months ago. And I was like, whoa. Like, that really, like, changed my perspective of things. I'm like, to think people are taking the time to make that judgment on me. Right. Who, they're probably only thinking about me yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Oh, that's what we call, that's what we call that ego. Mm, I've been... Devin, lately I've been, I feel like, especially this last couple weeks, I've been going through like an ego death where I'm like, see, no, seriously, where I'm seeing myself from like a different perspective. I'm like, whoa, it's crazy. And it's making me, I don't know. I can't see it. I'm amping right now. He is. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. That ego death. It's hard, but I know it's good because it's, I definitely, I can feel myself growing, but it's a little painful. I'm not going to lie. The medicine for the ego, that's humility. Mm. That is humility. And remember, that's a virtue. Don't tweak. tweak. You hear that? Bookmark it. (laughs) We're going to get into the ego, no doubt. Um, What I want to get at really quick, though, is that, you know, this mental noise that you hear um, constantly is actually a mental addiction. And it has been accepted as normal, but it actually, like Liana just got at, is extremely toxic. Mm -hmm. And it really is the biggest obstacle um, on your quest to enlightenment. So we want to talk about how to turn that mind off, how to not take the content of your mind so serious, how to transmute some of the emotions that it produces. Um, And with that, your inner space will feel so much lighter. Instead of waking up, noticing an imperfection and feeling insecure, You'll wake up with joy. You'll wake up with that peace. And you just, man. And don't we all want that? Like, how much more effective would you be as a person? If you didn't have your energy being leaked by this mental phantom. You'd have so... Think of what you could do with that time you spend being negative. Bro, all right. About to be unstoppable. (laughs) (laughs) So again, what I was... It really comes down to your attention. And... Most people, you know, everybody on the planet, whether they know it or not, are giving their attention to their thoughts. And those thoughts produce emotions. If the thoughts are negative, the emotions that it produces is negative. And the way you experience life is negative. So, how do we start to withdraw some of our attention from our minds? That's what we want to get at. So, like I was saying, this state of mental addiction is accepted as normal, but it really is... um, really toxic and your biggest obstacle to um, enlightenment. So we want to look at how we can start withdrawing some of our attention, you know, from our mind. What this state is actually known as is mind identification. Um, 
in this state, you know, most of your attention is wrapped up in your thoughts. Um, so you start to believe that you are your mind. Your sense of identity mm-hmm. is coming from your thoughts and the emotions that they produce. And if that is the case, that's false. You are more than your mind. But since your attention is so wrapped up in it, you can't see beyond it. You yep. can't see above it. You can't see below it. Yep. You just believe that you are. <laughs> exactly. It. Yeah. So what we want to do is we want to start taking our attention and redirecting it to our deeper selves. And we're going to talk about how we do that. All right. So mind identification is actually a disease. And disease happens when things are out of balance. When okay. There's no equilibrium. So how do we bring balance into this situation? Um you know, known as mind identification. So in The Power of Now, what they talk about is a technique called watching the thinker. Yeah. Right? Y'all, be careful with this one because (laughs) once once you open your mind to this, it's going to mess you up. All right? Look, look. See, this is... I I, I can feel... I I think I know where Liana's coming from. (laughs) And I think we're going to solve this right here on 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 the podcast. So, all right. Let's hope. <laughs> By practicing this technique, you really start, you know, withdrawing your attention from toxic thoughts, toxic emotions, you know, the things that really affect your well-being. Um, and with continued practice, you will be able to really, you know, think when you want to think and then be able to stop thinking when you just want to enjoy the present moment. You know, like if you have a presentation on Friday, you know, it's like Saturday of uh, the week say, before. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. You don't want to be thinking about that all week, right? Yeah, and that's what I would do. You don't want to be yeah. thinking about that all week. You know how much energy that's draining? It's you could be working out that energy. That's ex- you could be doing some, you know, like... Right. Exactly. So anxiety definitely drains your energy. So how um, do we start, you know, to withdraw our attention? And how do we turn the mind off so it's no longer thinking about those things and draining us of vital energy that we could be doing other things with? Let me just stop you there because... When I was first reading this book and getting grasping the concept of not thinking, like this, I didn't even understand you could do that. Like that's how much like my mind is racing at all hours while I'm like conscience conscious. Like I'm constantly thinking, constantly worrying about something, and I thought that was normal. Apparently, it is not. Like, and that I still can't wrap my mind around that. Like. To have a like, what goes on? Like nothing. It's just silent in there. Yeah, it's called it's called Satori. It's actually Satori. Satori. Okay, write that down, everybody. It's called Satori. It means um, a gap of no mind, or basically no mind, meaning you are not thinking. And when you're not thinking, you are present. But I want to get into. Hey, I want and in presence, that's where you feel this peace and this joy. But don't think like once your mind is off that you operate at a lower level or anything. Actually, yeah. you're more alert. You're more aware. See, and you what? can solve problems even faster than if your mind was racing about other things about three years ago. See <sighs> what I'm saying? Yeah. Or other things that's coming up a month from now. Like when you're not present, you can't move as fast. You can't you can't do what you're there to do because you aren't utilizing that present moment. You're utilizing your brain Man, doing wow other things. That yep. attention is wrapped up in that mental activity. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about watching the thinker now. Okay. Watching the thinker. Ooh. All <laughs> right. Man. So how do we go about doing this? And like, what does it do? And we're like, what impact does it have? All right. 
So what you want to do, you want to start by observing your thoughts impartially. What does impartially mean? That means with no bias, mm. no judgment. That's hard. No speculation. Yep. You want to be completely neutral in a completely neutral state when you do this. Because if you judge or speculate what you're observing, what you've just done is you allowed your observation to turn into more thinking. Mm. <laughs> it's like a cycle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we don't want to do. We want to stop thinking. So when you observe the mind, don't speculate, don't judge what you hear. Just observe it. Um, Typically, what I do when I'm practicing this is I take a deep breath. And what that does is that puts me in a neutral state to be able to observe my mind without letting it turn into more speculation and more judgment. Because when you start to listen to your mind, as you know, it says some foul stuff. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. And look, I'm judging it right now. You see, I said it was foul. Don't judge it. You just want to <laughs> hear. <laughs> you see, you don't want to judge it. So when you listen impartially, take a deep breath first so you really get into this neutral state to where you can just observe without, allowing, without allowing it to turn into more thinking. Um, and when you can observe impartially no bias no judgment no speculation i gotta say this again because i feel like this is where liana has been <laughs> trying to do it but then she thinks about what she's thinking that about. is exactly <laughs> where i get stuck <laughs> and that's not what we want to do so it's good that you're taking a step to actually do the observations but where you get stuck is you're starting to judge and speculate what you hear yeah you don't want to do that so what happens is if you can sustain observing your mind impartially you know, it might take a few minutes, but what eventually happens is you realize that there's a voice and here I am listening to it. I'm going to say it one more time. There's a voice and here I am listening to it. This I am that is listening, that is your presence, your true identity. That is beyond the mind. That is your deeper self. Um, and this realization, this I am realization, um, is not a thought. This is really your presence and what you want to give your attention to. And when you have this realization, what you've just what you've just done is you've separated your presence from your thinking. And when you do that, you're no longer identified with your mind. Hmm. that's a see that's a concept that you have to sit with because that's hard to like the thought in my head is not me like the voice in my head basically is not me is what you're saying it's a part of you but it's not all of you it's not my identity exactly people derive their entire identity off of their mind and that Mm -hmm. is the fundamental error when you do that what happens is the mind becomes egoic. And we're going to talk about what the egoic mm. mind does. But I just stress this point that you really need to be able to observe your mind impartially and not allow it to turn into more thinking. And again, I, like I said, once you do that, you'll realize you're listening and you hear something speaking, which now you've separated yourself from your thinking. 
And that's what we want to do. Do you have like an example you can give listeners? Because this is, I feel like this is a very complex concept. It's like, it isn't, but it, it's hard to it's digest. Hard, it's hard to practice. Right? It's, yeah. So what's like an example of a time you do this? Man, you want to practice this as often as you can. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Because what happens is if you can't observe your mind in normal situations without allowing it to turn into thinking, when shit go, when shit go bad, when something you don't really like happens, you definitely gonna be identified with your mind. Mm-hmm. And what's that gonna do? That makes you, you know, really become the emotions that you feel. So if your mind produces an angry thought, a thought of hostility, that produces an angry emotion. And now you are that anger and you act out of that emotional state. So what you want to do is you wanna practice this as often as possible. You know, you always check and say, what's going on in me right now? And you bring your awareness to your mind without allowing it to turn into more thinking. So to answer your original question, you want to do this as often as possible. Right. So, okay. So say I wake up in the morning. I wake up. I go to the mirror. I see a zit on my face. And I'm like, ew, I hate that that zit is there. But so in in practice, it would. Start saying my mind is like. My mind is like, okay, see, there's a tip already. My mind is like, there's a zit there. So what I'm, I'm supposed to do is, okay, acknowledge that I just had that thought. Yeah. See, what you've just done by saying my mind is you took your identity out of it. You are, you have, like, you have. Okay, I mind. actually, I get that, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that clicked, yeah. Yeah, but when you say I and it's your mind, mm-hmm. that is. You're associating yourself with it. You're, yeah, you're yeah. just it. That's not just you. My mind. Ah, okay. See, look at that. Y'all, Yay. this is free knowledge. Hey. Butterfly Effect Podcast be putting you on. <laughs> Yo, so, I mean, again, as you work on this, what you're really doing is you are becoming aware that you are not just a mind. Like, Liana was just saying I when she was really talking about her mind. So anytime mm-hmm. I talk about my mind, it is literally my mind. I didn't say, I, you know, I don't, I don't mistake my mind as myself because when you do that, man, life is just tricky. Ooh, life tricky. You go down a rabbit hole. You feel like I'm a very, like, this is actually, a, this is important, I guess, to the topic and how we even got to this book. Um, I think earlier in these episodes, I've shared that I struggle with anxiety and like overthinking a lot of things. And Devin actually suggested this book because of that. And he was like, I think this book would be really helpful for you and your anxiety because it takes you out of the overthink, like the state of overthinking. And like, like you said, talking about or separating my mind from identity and slowing down and just like realizing where these thoughts are coming from and that has already helped me so much these last couple of weeks since I've been reading it so yeah hey, if you struggle with it y'all pick no, this book up she on that way to that ego death and that's what we all really that's like. what triggered it see I blame you <laughs> <laughs> blaming me since you walked in the house <laughs> exactly <laughs> so just to wrap everything up on your quest you know, spirituality, the quest to enlightenment, you know, ending of suffering. Nobody really wants to suffer. So everybody's on a quest to enlightenment, whether they're aware of it or not. So let's become aware of it. And like like I said, attention is the key. And what you put your attention on. The normal state for most humans right now is to put most of their attention into their mental activity. And what they do when they do that 
is they start to identify with those thoughts. They start to believe that that is them Mm -hmm. and only that exclusively. When you don't know that you're more than your mind, it creates a toxic environment inside of yourself. And that toxicity controls your life. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is withdraw attention from the mind and realize that you are more than it. And you do that by watching the thinker. You do that by observing your thoughts impartially. No speculation, no judgment. That's the hard part, (laughs) y'all. All right? That's the hard part. So let's work on that. And what we're going to talk about next, we're going to get into that ego. We're going to get into that pain body. And then we're going to get into what spirituality looks like in relationships. Ooh, come on, y'all. You see, Devin's going to be a reoccurring guest because if you haven't noticed, he steered the ship on this one. I didn't have to do anything except show up and set up these mics. (laughs) But this, I'm really excited for this, like the future of this podcast and what this is going to look like because I like this stuff. Like when I form this podcast around the things that I think I would look for. That like if you get what I'm saying, I when I was on YouTube and I was on listening to podcasts, I was listening for someone I could relate to. I was listening for someone that would help give me clarity on what's going on in my life. And I think like this is going to be a cool way to segue and give that back to others because like stuff like this, the power of now. There's so many people out there that struggle with anxiety and overthinking. Like everyone I talk to, all my friends struggle with this. So like talking about it and just having a real authentic conversation about how we use this to help ourselves, I think is going to help others too. So I'm excited for the future and where this book club series goes. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so yeah, again, you guys, it's the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. I'll put it in the description box. Cause I don't know if I'm saying that right, yeah, but <laughs> Um, but give it up for Devin, y'all. Everyone better be clapping in their cars and in their be- <laughs> while they're getting ready right I now. It. It. <laughs> your first pod—is this your first podcast? First podcast! First podcast. Yay! You made it. Through-